Welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. And so I invite us to just take these few moments to bring the attention back to your experience. And so you're here, and there's a screen, and we're watching people pop in. But 90% of your attention is resting on what's happening here inside you. And we begin to see that even with our eyes open, we can maintain a connection with our inner experience. And so then notice how it is. If you're not just seeking outward for something to happen, but resting the attention on what's happening inside. So that then everything becomes useful even a moment of restlessness or boredom becomes interesting. Because this is a practice for bringing the attention. If you feel a reaction start to arise, turn towards it. Not in a spirit of solving it, but in a spirit of investigation. This is interesting. And notice how it feels to let yourself know that you're with other people. And yes, you're in your own home, your own space, but other people are dropping in to join you. Other people are seeking the same thing you seek. And you don't have to scramble to put words on it. You can just notice that you have company. And how does that feel?
it's, it's cheering to have all this company. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to perform. You don't have to worry about your outfit. You can just bring the attention back to your experience. Knowing that you're here with others. So I, I sent around a little poem uh, for those of you who read my little dispatches. And it's by Mary Andrew. And a number of you had sent it to me. And I'd seen it independently. So it touches something that many of us are feeling right now. And she writes, I'm washing my face before bed while the country is on fire. It feels dumb to wash my face and dumb not to. It has never been this way. And it has always been this way. Someone has always clinked a cocktail glass in one hemisphere while someone loses a home in another. And it goes on to talk about how the mundane and the suffering and the beauty of life can coincide. How can it be? How can it be? And one can feel quite helpless. And the closer you are, sometimes the more helpless you can feel. I know just moments ago, I was talking to my daughter in Germany. And, there's, and I just came back from Europe. So much fear. So much concern. What to do? And one thing we can do right now is bring the attention to what's here right now. What's here? The gift of this practice is that we turn towards suffering. We turn towards not knowing. We turn towards our discomfort, not with some big push to resolve it, but gently with a mind and an intention to be kind and an attention that is curious and compassionate and open. And what do we find? What do we find? That we're not just thinking, we're not just our thoughts, what to do, what kind of opinion to have, what can I seek that will bring me clarity or certainty? We are also beings of feeling. And we can start by remembering the feeling is sensation. First and foremost, feet on the floor. The sensation of being present here with other people in a body all of us, and then 
allow yourself to see that this sensation flowers into feeling. There's caring happening. We care. So we begin to, you know, in our usual days, we're struck by this story and that story of great kindness of the guy making soup on the Polish border. The young woman taking care of dogs and walking them to safety. And our hearts go out to these people. But it's so helpful to know that this isn't just a rare exception. There's something inside you right now that feels with suffering, which is what compassion means. In the Buddhist admonition, compassion is the quivering of the heart in the face of sorrow, in the face of suffering we feel with. So I'm going to tell you a little bit. I was way on a trip visiting my daughter. And so it's a little bit about like my summer vacation. And I spoke to you about the Prado on Wednesday. So today I'm going to describe an experience of going to Madrid with my daughter and seeing Guernica by Picasso, Guernica, considered by some to be the greatest work of anti-war protest in art history. And I won't attempt to describe the painting to you because you can so easily Google it, or perhaps you've seen it in New York when it was here or in Spain except to tell you that it captures the attention. It feels like such a genuine expression of compassion that this great artist heard of the bombing of this Basque city, an innocent place bombed by the Nazis and the fascist Italians at the request of the fascist Spaniards. And he was full of feeling that's not unlike the feeling that some of us have right now. These innocent people, their homes destroyed, their lives taken. So I stood in thrall to this great masterpiece. And here comes my Dharma point. So, I mean, of course, it's a masterpiece and I moved. And so I elect not to see anything else in the museum. Skipping the gift shop, skipping the Guernica t-shirt, because I knew it wouldn't do it justice. <laughs> you know, the greatness of it. And here is where the story comes. I walked out of the museum with my daughter on a cold night in Madrid. And the entire courtyard, and it was vast, was full of people. They weren't there before when I went in. It was full of people, and it was also full of the most sublime music 
and there were blue and yellow banners floating gently in the air, people waving these Ukrainian colored banners, these flags. And there was a chorus set up and everyone was singing along and they were singing Mozart, Mozart for peace. And, and first of all, what touched me was that people just coming out of the museum just started singing. They knew the music, they knew the, and I kept trying to transpose this to New York and wondering if that would be, but that was the point. The, the point was something that has also always been known which is just as there is suffering, just as there are tyrants, just as there are acts of unbelievable cruelty and greed and racism and oppression, there is also compassion and beauty and love and caring. And it doesn't just take place in rare exceptions on the Polish border or the people walking with the dogs across Ukraine, but in us, in a courtyard, in, in Spain, inside your heart right now. When you turn towards your experience, you're suffering, you're not knowing, instead of fleeing from it, something else appears, the quivering of the heart, a responsiveness. Maybe you don't yet know what you will do, but you do know this. There's something in you that wishes to be part of the sanity in this world, it's clarity, it's caring, and that's why we're here. And times like these, it feels so frightening, and they are frightening, are also times when we have an extraordinary ability to feel close to others, to our common humanity. So let's sit together and then we can talk, exchange. So we take a comfortable seat and notice how that feels. To sit upright, to, to bring this compassionate awareness to this body, to your own body. And notice how it feels to give yourself space and permission to sit as straight as you can so you can have the most complete experience you can 
of body, heart, and mind together. And give yourself time, patience, radical patience. Let the body find its way. And notice how it feels to feel your feet on the floor. Just that, that simple. You are here. So that even if you are awash with difficult feeling, you can bring the attention to the feet and know that you are here. And just notice how it feels to bring the attention to your experience now without any expectation that it be other than this. Just noticing and notice that this attention itself begins to soften you so that even if there are tensions in the body, let, let the attention rest on those tensions with patience. with compassion. And let yourself rest in stillness, which doesn't mean silence or some perfect state, but simply softening. Not resisting. And notice that when your attention drifts, back to thinking, back to picturing, you can gently come home again to this moment, to feet on the floor, and to an awareness that sees with kindness, with acceptance,
and notice that there is a presence here. Inside you and also outside. And awareness that sees with compassion. Resting in presence. Beginning to remember how alive you are inside. That there's a light inside you, a luminosity and warmth that isn't thinking. And you begin to notice as we come home to sensation and open that we are more than we think we are, more than thinking. That we are responsive, breathing, taking in impressions, feeling feelings, sensing sensations. We are part of life. Notice how it feels to rest in that 
Notice when you come home to sensation, you also open to a greater awareness. A greater life. that even if a reaction, an edge, a difficult feeling appears, you can turn towards it, draw closer with an attention that accepts, that cares. that is curious. Notice how it feels to have every single reaction and thought, the going out and coming home, be completely acceptable, completely accepted. Just resting in the vastness of an awareness that sees without pushing, without pulling, without comment.
Notice when you turn towards your experience, you find space. Light. Acceptance. Notice how it feels to let yourself open to presence.
thank you for your practice. And it would be wonderful to hear from you about this practice, about any questions or observations you may have. Um, at Tracy, after you mentioned Guernica, I was reminded of the, the story that I read the other day about uh, people in a village in Ukraine who were uh, starving. Excuse me. Sorry, I can't stop that. Who were starving uh, and who were reduced to fighting with each other for food. And I was reminded of something else, a film that I've always really admired, Shame by Ingmar Bergman. And the reason I admire that film so much is it's about the part of uh, war and conflict that no one really ever wants to face, which is what people are reduced to. Um, there's heroism and there's goodness. And then there's also people who are deprived of the opportunity to practice goodness or achieve heroism and who are reduced to an animal state. Um, and it's important to look that in the face. Um, and I, th I think that it actually draws you closer, draws us all closer to the knowledge that what we can do, as you said at the beginning, do good here right now amongst ourselves. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly, um, agree and i remember speaking with um the buddhist scholar uh robert thurman bob thurman about this that um we think we can be selfless or bodhisattvas you know dedicated completely to compassionate service but he would always say and it was so um, vivid that if you were drowning if you were drowning, you would climb up on, you know, instinctively, whoever was there to climb up on, even your beloved. I mean, it sounds awful. But, but the Buddha, it's interesting in the Pali Canon, they talk about how uprooting um, the animal, as you put it, instinctive, um, impulses which are completely natural people need to breathe they need to eat we fight to be alive we want to live perfectly natural it, it's like the roots of a big deep tree like a big tree in the jungle and it can include greed it can metastasize in all kinds of unwholesome things greed and aggression and as you say all kinds of self-centered delusion. So uprooting it would be a big job. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
it would take a hundred elephants. But at the same time, as you say, we can do it for a moment. For a moment. Here or on your own. And you can taste the presence in you of something else. And that taste can become indelible. So and this was like museum week for Tracy, because on Wednesday I was talking about the Garden of Earthly Delights by Hieronymus Bosch, which the subtitle of that painting in my universe is, this isn't going to turn out well, <laughs> no matter what. Um, and so we can become fixed our practices that we make an identity out of typically how things are not going to turn out well. Or that story of people being hungry and fighting one another for food. And worse, these stories of desperation and debasement. But our practice, and it's a very real practice, is to let the light in. That at the very same time, and I was reading Howard Zinn today, the historian, saying, and he certainly was unsparing in his chronicle of the horrors of colonization and so forth. But he said, a history isn't just a history of atrocity, I'm paraphrasing now, and violence, but also, though, as Mr. Rogers said, look to the helpers. Those, it's our practice to remember those moments and those instances of love and compassion that appeared. Sometimes against all odds, like Victor Frankl's account of being in a concentration camp. And he said of himself, I wasn't the best of them, but there were people there who shared their last piece of bread. It was, who, who knew that was possible? And it's possible in a moment, in a moment. And I really believe that what we're doing in the space is becoming part of that force of remembering goodness, compassion, feeling for others. And the next moment you could be gripped with fear or selfishness or delusion. You will be. I will be. But you'll remember that taste of being free of fear for a moment. Or of rage for a moment. Of being accompanied in your suffering for a moment. And it is uh, sati, the word for this practice, is to remember. And it seems so small to remember the present moment. But it's drop 
by drop, moment by moment, going from being, and I'm using I statements now, I'm not accusing anyone else of being like a kind of deluded and self-centered little automaton <laughs> jogging through my day and, you know, reinforcing my delusions and, and improving them to having these moments of just love, just an opening. Oh, such a different way to live, to feel responsiveness. To, and it can be so simple and fleeting, walking out of that museum and hearing that music. Oh, my heavens. Or sitting here and just for a moment feeling I'm sitting with others who are just like me. Um, can, can you hear me? It's Susan. Yes, Susan, yes. So, um, hi. So one of the things that is happening right now for me is <clears throat> with this whole thing about the war is that um, it's intruding a lot, yeah, for sure. But I wanted to hear your thoughts about um, about the sense of, I mean, there's... Um, there's a powerlessness, of course, that is impossible to reckon with. <clears throat> and then there's, um, you know, like I read an article about somebody in a place that I really respect, uh, The Intercept, and uh, the newspaper. And it was really bringing how this is so, so similar to what happened in um, with the Serbians and um, the... Um, in um, uh, uh, whatever the name is, and um, how we are so, we as a culture are so short-sighted, and I am too, and in terms of remembering, I just, it, it's like, if, if there would be less suffering, if we could have more remembering, this is what we learned, and not be ignoring what we've learned, and I don't know if that would help me with my powerlessness, I, I, but I, I'm so sad about this. So if you could say something, I thought that would be good. <laughs> yeah, and um, thank you for sharing um, your, that feeling of powerlessness, and I think you have company. Mm -hmm. And one thing I would invite you, all of us, me too, to do, even while we're in a place of exchange, not sitting, is notice how it feels to bring the attention back to the body. Just touching the earth in the sense that you are here, you are in a body, and you're with others, and we're having an exchange, but you have that sensation of being present. So the, your first um, order of business, so to speak, is what's arising, what's arising. And you don't have to say, and it doesn't have to be crystal clear as a label, but just making space for what's arising, what's arising. And we begin to touch that maybe nothing is clear. 
certainly it's not clear what to do or you know anything about the situation but i can have this movement of becoming more present so Thich Nhat Hanh, who certainly knew about war always said there is no way to peace peace is the way so what does that mean it doesn't mean so you're turning towards your state and it can be totally murky and molten or you can object and have all kinds of edges of reaction whatever it is i'm not telling you to but but this attitude of allowing what is to arise there can still be the taste of a new intention in these times times of great uncertainty times of impermanence times of who saw this coming or whatever one thing we can do is turn towards an intention to live in a way that's more conscious I can notice that I have a tendency to cling to things that are impermanent, to cling to things that are completely not real. What would it be like if I turned towards awareness, an intention to be aware? to be responsive, to know what's arising. So what will come from that? I told you, or I mean, forgive me if you've heard this before, but I had a student who went to Standing Rock, um, the protests a few years ago, and he didn't know what to do. And so and he was turning to me for support. And, and I told him to touch the earth, to practice. And he was, so in his mind, he was going to go stand up in front of the tanks or oil truck, whatever was coming. He ended up giving out mittens and sweaters because he collected himself. He did this practice. He saw what was needed. So in other words, I mean, and I'm not saying some cute, you know, like send mittens to Ukraine. I'm saying that, though, who knows? Um, it, it's urgently important that we awaken as individuals, as a planet, that we become a force of sanity and clarity and kindness and then the first thing to do is that as Thich Nhat Hanh said peace is the way you're going from one stream to another from sleep and delusion as the Buddha would put it clinging to things that change insisting that they don't change wanting what we don't have hating what we do all that and stepping over into a stream that that is open to that taste 
of presence, of being here, of being available. And this is a real work, it's a real practice. It's not just something to do while we're, you know, twiddling our thumbs. This is something that we are doing that can lead to real help. Does that help? Yes, and it it's also helps me to really keep remembering. I mean, I could write a letter, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. None of that matters because it, it's important to just keep coming home and realize that we're all suffering in our own particular ways about it, you know, and right. that's it. Yeah. yeah. So and, that helps. And it, it does help. And it, I mean, the, it helps to know that this is a practice for turning towards suffering, for seeing with uh, this spacious mind that allows, and whatever's coming up, like, oh, you know, given the, the right conditions will be completely depraved, you know, and Tracy will be climbing over me to breathe, you know, and drowning me. And yeah, you know, we can, so what's the point? And, no, you I know, get so, angry. I just, I can, I can just get pissy and angry and hostile about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you have company. And so we see these things happening. We see them. We see them while we're grounded, touching the earth of sensation, and kind of surrounded by a loving awareness. We're making ourselves available to serve. To serve what? first and foremost to serve this other current of life that's the opposite of being completely mechanical completely egocentric completely deluded hell-bent on some greedy aim but to turn in another way to see And no, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know in times of uncertainty, whether they're personal and individual or global, like we're facing right now, that there's always this room for surprise, for in, in, in the best sense. There is within us, within us, not far away, a, a, a light of awareness and we don't notice it when everything's just humming along it's like a candlelight at high noon we don't see it but when things are dark it suddenly becomes clear when we turn towards ourselves that there's much more here that we dreamed when we were just lost in thought. So that our hearts can break, and that is not fun. But in the midst of it, there can be moments of light, of vibrancy, 
of the new direction, new responsiveness, new connections. And we're seeing that right now too, individually and globally. How strange it begins to seem, as Howard Zinn was saying, to focus only on the darkness. As Helen Keller, one of my favorite people, famously said, the world is full of suffering. It's also full of the overcoming of it. Hi, everyone. I, I would like to make an observation about what we're talking about now, that out of misery, beauty and good things come too. There's always a gift from tragedy, I find, if you look with your heart. This group, I, I wasn't here from the beginning, so I don't know if you started because of COVID, that we were forced to do Zoom. Look at what happened. Look what a beautiful thing arose from a horrible pandemic. So we have to keep looking for those bright stars that are always out there. And thank you for all being there. <laughs> yeah, and thank you. So, and thank you. Um, and one thing um, that we can do in the time that remains, if you wish, is uh, metta, which is, is quite wonderful, for, like for ourselves and, and for all beings. And if you're up for it, and the beauty of times like these is nobody can say no. <laughs> well, you could, but inwardly, but don't. Just for a moment, let yourself take a comfortable seat and really, really right now, let yourself feel gratitude for yourself, for this heart, this body, that showed up here, this mind, no matter what you're going through or how you feel today, be grateful for this life, for your basic goodness, which is not something that has to do with words, but a willingness to be here, to be alive to try practice, to open at moments, no matter the heartbreak, to settle down, to open up. Thank you to yourself. Thank you so much, body, heart, mind. Thank you. And you offer yourself the wish May I be safe and protected from harm and danger. May I find refuge and support and be well. 
and live with ease and be free. And even if that feels odd to you or, or selfish, whatever you might deem it to be, let yourself wish yourself well. You're alive. And with that feeling of aliveness that you've touched, that awareness that you may have had just for a moment, open your heart to the suffering world. Open your heart to all those who are touched by war right now, by want, by fear, by loss. And all those who seek to help in myriad ways in numerous countries to help. Noticing how it feels to open your heart to them all, include yourself in this company and everyone here and offer the wish, may we all be safe and protected from harm and danger of all kinds. May we all find refuge and the resources we need. May we all find comfort and ease in the midst of uncertainty. All of us. May we all be well, as well as we can be, given our causes and conditions. And may all of us, all beings, everywhere, without exception, be free of fear and greed and hatred and delusion and suffering of all kinds. May all of us know love. Thank you. Thank you so much for your practice. And a couple of quick announcements as Wayne um, generously shared. If you want to come in and meditate at the Ruben, it's on Zoom. Tomorrow, please come and join me um, and other friends at the Ruben. And we will also meet in Terrytown on Friday if you live in the area and the following Friday. Thanks to 
own generosity. So we'll just keep doing this. Keep staying together and sitting. So thank you so much for your presence, so much for your willingness, so much for your beautiful goodness, and for your donations. I so appreciate them. And take very good care of yourselves. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, and thank, thank you, you for coming back. You. Thank you for coming back safely. <laughs> I did come back, and I'll probably have another story tomorrow. So I'm going to milk this trip. Okay, take good care.